It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. Hello. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson with you here on 740 The Fan. Jack on the road again, as Willie Nelson made famous. Uh, I, uh, I hope he made it. I think he left uh, He left in the dark of night. So this surprises you how, right? It does not surprise no, me no, how. No. I, I just, but I always, <laughs> I always, I just hope he, I hope he made it. Well, I, I, usually he always does, but I just, yeah. I feel like a concerned parent uh, yeah. when you send your kids on a trip. Well, I think he gets antsy and then decides I'm just going to go right because he mm-hmm. probably went home here after the show and slept for a few hours, and then got up and you know forensic files or just start driving. I think he just started driving pretty much. I think the, so. Yeah, the, I the, think the, he just got like, some sports done early in the morning here yeah, and then yeah. took off. So that's uh, kind of the the gypsy mentality of one Jack <laughs> Michaels to uh, be on the road. Yeah, and uh, short trip though it is three gamer down to Lincoln, and uh, they need to. Kind of right themselves a little bit because all of a oh, sudden, no. uh, looking at the standings, Sioux City has won eight in a row. I believe they won last night. Uh, the Salt Dogs. Uh, so right now, you kind of got a log jam for two, three, and four in the West Division. Uh, the Red Hawks and Sioux City tied uh, just a percentage point lead for the Hawks for second place, and then Lincoln a half game back. Kansas City uh, has uh, kind of separated themselves from the field right now. They're just a little over the halfway point uh, with five and a half game leads. So. Now, I got to refresh me on who goes. Is it the top four? Four. So yep. So you're still in a pretty good spot. Yep. In, you in just kind of want to. It'd be nice to get if you can get that two spot. Maybe right. you're, you're going to have, I think, six more games with Kansas City coming up here in August. But uh, yeah, it's four, and then it's three game series within your division. Best of three. Mm-hmm. So one versus four, two versus three, and once you get to the Miles Wolf Cup. Uh, then it's a best of five. I believe that uh, that was the that was the format last year, and I, from looking at, it, I don't believe that has uh, that has changed any. And then the big announcement yesterday is we're going to go international here coming up here. Yes, in the fall, that's right? uh, that's interesting that uh, that uh, the American Association has paired up with uh, basically a couple of a uh, couple of other leagues, and uh, going to play down in Mexico. So they were a little bit vague, and I think that there's going to be more information coming out on this. Um, and then uh, we might have to get somebody from the league on maybe, or even from the Red Hawks too, but I think it might be you know, benefit to maybe get a Josh Buckholz or somebody on the, from the league on this and how they're going to do this. Um, but yeah, the baseball champions league invite, which will be just after the completion of the miles, miles Wolf cup late September, and it'll be down in Mexico, American association since the Red Hawks are the champions of uh, 2022, they will be included along with the uh, Colombian Professional Baseball League, the Mexican Baseball League, and the Cuban National Series. Although, I don't know if it's going to be in the entire Red Hawks team. It almost sounds like it might be an all-star team. It kind of reminds me of what Doug Lear and I were talking about when we were kids. And if your team won like the won like your region or your league or your region title, you could pick some players from the other yeah. teams. You could Which I a, hated, by the way. Yeah, well, I was telling Doug, I said, you know, one year we went to the State Bay Ruth tournament when I was a kid. And our coach refused to take anybody from the other teams. He says, my kids got us to this point. My kids are going to play in this tournament. Well, I agree because let's say you get a second baseman who was, you know, probably a mediocre player. Mm-hmm. Then you go take the, you know, the good 
you know, second baseman from the other kid. I mean, if I was the parent of that second baseman who was the, that would be, that, that would make me feel icky. Yeah, inside. Well, it would feel a little bit grimy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, come on, come on now. You know, imagine like do that wrestling. Okay, well, you're 126 pounder. He was doing good all year, but man, we get this ringer from our other <laughs> rival. You know, that that would be. That would kind of be an awful feeling. I, I think. know in Minnesota Town Ball, I think they can still do that, uh, but they can only pitch or catch. Yeah. Well, that would be uh, that would be okay. I, I I find with that actually. Yeah. Because if you're going to win, especially in that tournament, if you're familiar, it's 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 three weekends long. You're going to need you know with pitch count. Uh, I, I don't know what they do. If they do pitch count or whatever. But anyway, I mean, you're gonna ha- you're gonna need all kinds of right. uh, of arms to get through that if you want to win it. So yeah, I like that. I have, rule. I have no problem with that. That rule good, yeah. but don't replace the yes. kid who's playing playing right field all year and helping you just because you got you know the the big dude that you know from your rival school school too. That would mm-hmm. be a little tough to swallow. Very I think. true. Yeah. Two three seven thirty seven sixty seven is the phone number one eight 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 four five eight six nine two six. You can text us as well to three five two seven zero. I'll visit with Dick Bramer. Dick uh, in, enjoying a few days off of the All Star break. Twins will leave for Oakland on Thursday, and uh, we'll see. I I don't anticipate there's going to be uh, much for changes. Uh, on the roster, coaching staff, whatever. Uh, but we'll find out as they will play the athletics in a week-long road trip out of the West Coast starting Friday night. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more twins uh, with uh, with Dick Bremer coming up. Was it Patrick Rice? He had, had the big quote yesterday. He goes, if I was him, I'd say we're, the, the plane flies out on Thursday yeah, and I hope it, many yeah. aren't coming with <laughs> you me. You aren't going to be on it, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a... Yeah, it's frustrating. The thing is, we're kind of we we almost need a break from the Twins right now. The way it oh, goes, I, <laughs> very much so. I mean, it's just amazing, kind of the the angst of the fan base of a team that's you know sitting there only half game out of first place in five hundred, and it's just one of those things. You know, it could be more. You know, it's oh, like it, it, this is kind of like last year. I don't know if it's very the, much if like the last angst. Year. I want to save some of this for our conversation with Dick, but I think just the angst. It almost seems like there's. I don't know if there's more angst or not. I don't yeah. know. I well, I think the, there's more frustration with how the bullpen was handled last year, even more mm-hmm. than this year. I think you know just because, but you know, then you brought some back, back some of those characters too. So, yeah, well, I think part of it is the pitching has been there. The starting right. pitching has been there. I just feel like you're wasting one hundred percent so much of that. Yep. Speaking of uh, dirty and icky. Uh, I've been reading a little bit more about this stuff with Northwestern football. And I'm glad get, you brought it up. That's they, the next su- subject I wanted to talk about. I want to ask you, yeah. you know, in this day and age, can you believe that we're st- still talking about hazing stuff in 2023? I, I, I'm totally there with you. I was like, this is, this what is are not, we doing? this is not 1965 or this isn't the seventies. This is even the eighties. Yeah. This is even young blood with the shaving thing, right? I right. mean, that, that, that weirdo. I mean, and that's the whole thing. Some of the stuff that we're talking about here. I've been in a lot of locker rooms in my life. You know, we, we had things, but we wanted our space from each other because we're guys, you right? You need your space and each other is, in order to coexist. Some of the stuff you're reading about Northwestern is like, I don't get it. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. And and I said this, I think, to you guys on Friday. I think I joined you when I was out of Forest Hills no, yes, when this correct. was coming out. I was concerned about where this might have been because when you have someone who's been affiliated as a player and then immediately became the coach, then you know there's traditions with some programs that are good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that that are there, and 
each coach comes in and they keep that tradition going. Like I'm sure there's a few things at K-State that Chris Kleiman kept going. You look at the line of buys and things or the champion rooms and all these things that right. they do, all these good things. Then there might be some things that are been traditions that aren't very good. And going back to the Gary Barnett days when uh, Pat Fitzgerald played, they're making Rose Bowls and all that. Yes. Might be some stuff that wasn't good that's carried on that he just looked the other way because that's what we did. And it's always a tough sign when you hear the players saying, a lot of this stuff has been exaggerated. Well, that means to tell me you've been doing some type of hazing. <laughs> yes. And you're kind of in a you're, you're kind of in a backhanded way saying you're guilty. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're you're this isn't, you know, making the rookie stand up and sing his high school school song at the cafeteria. Right. I could deal with a little stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't do it myself, but to me I just don't I don't buy it at all and I don't think it was Dan Brewer or whatever said, you know, Peyton Manning always to say, we're not doing this stuff anymore because we need people right away. This is not a thing where we can waste anyone. And now you got the day and age of, you know, the transfer portal. You got a kid coming, going through something like that. He's going to leave. And just, you know, why you'd want to do weird stuff in the shower is beyond me. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I don't know if the fact that it, it, it was Pat Fitzgerald who played there and has you know has been a part of that yeah. program in some way, shape, or form for years. And the fact they went one eleven probably didn't. That doesn't uh, help either. That, that doesn't uh, doesn't help matter. Yeah, it's one thing if you're going to the uh, Big Ten championship game and getting beat by the Eastern Division team like it happens every year. It's still it's just it's icky on many levels, both what we know and what we don't. Know. I remember driving to Milwaukee last year. I was covering the Red Hawks for Jack and. Uh, Northwestern was in the process of losing to Southern Illinois that uh, that afternoon. I would listen to about the last quarter of that, but um, it, it may open a door for a, a name familiar for right. Bison Faithful and David Braun. And I guess there's two ways of looking at that. One, you're going into a, a situation that uh, is messy, and you you weren't a part of it. You took over, or you came back. Basically, he was hired once the uh, FCS championship game was over, so he's not you know, completely affiliated with the program yet. Um, so it's an opportunity for, you know, on it's it's a, not a great situation, but situation nonetheless where you can, uh, at least for a year, show your wares and you got nowhere to go but up in the situation. Well, we talk about the overused word of culture, right? He came from mm. a culture of success yes. here, and, and he can do that and maybe instill and, you know, and convince the presidents. What I experienced at NDSU, we didn't have anything like that. Now, I can't say. I mean, I don't know what goes on in all the different colleges around here. I don't care if it's D3. D, I mean, there's always been little things, right, that mm-hmm. you hear about over the years. Oh, yeah. But as far as what it happened there, obviously he can sell that, and it's going to come down to what he can do X's and O's wise coming up here. Because, I mean, we all know the Big Ten West is not really great by any means. It's wide open. And so if he can come from that awful record last year and all of a sudden explode into something good and be competitive – who knows? This could be an opportunity being an outsider coming in. That's something that they'll really be looking forward to. And if not, they'll go for a big name. And, you know, it's it, Fitzgerald's been there a long time. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, very much as if there's anybody that's been completely affiliated with that program longer or, you know, name status wise, it was Pat Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And I, I would encourage people to read it, but really read the uh, the stuff from the from the school paper. They really did, really did a good job. I mean, they it, it, the story that that came out that we kind of touched on on Friday, um, it's it's a little graphic, um, but you know I think they've got some players to to come out and kind of tell them a few things, and it was really, really actually pretty well done. So well, and it's one of these things too is 
one of the best journalism schools in the history of this country is why they <laughs> right. they, they they get these guys to come out and then, you know and, that, and these young men or women who are covering this, uh, yeah, th- th- this is going to be something because they did unbelievable yeah, journalism. Four here. different, uh, four different names here, and they they've done a really good job with it. And I would encourage you to, if you want to know more, read it, and uh, it is very interesting. Uh, Texture says, Derek, the assistant football coaches also knew why are they still employed? Well, I think because they are new. I mean, I think a couple of them are new. Yeah, I mean, I think Braun will probably have you know. I would say that not all of them are going to get fired as the investigations go. Some of them might, right? Because mm-hmm, I, right. I, mean, I don't think you're going to fire Braun on this. He, he didn't have anything to do with you. No, he, he hasn't been, there, been to a Camp Kenosha been yet. Been there right? six months. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to your point, much like we went from a suspension to a firing, I mean, as names kind of pop in and out here, I mean, I don't want to compare this necessarily to the Penn State fiasco, but as names went along here, then you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of... What's the word that we always use? Enabling of a situation yes, like we had, yes. and, and that's kind of what happened there. And if there was enabling going beyond with any grad assistants or assistant coaches, then so I don't think this story is done by any means. I mean, that, that and and I can guarantee the uh, school is going to keep on investigating. So. Yeah, uh, just a couple of things. I don't the stories that uh, from this article I don't want to get into because it's a little. Like a little too much. Yeah. Uh, right. Other hazing practices that the player detailed to the daily included a practice called Gatorade Shake Challenges, where teammates, often freshmen, were forced to drink as many Gatorade shakes as they could in a 10 minute period. What? Why? The player alleges that he has witnessed this practice on two separate occasions and that he's never seen anyone not throw up either during or after the challenges. Well, why? What are we doing here? I mean, yeah, the player said that one of his friends was sick for quote a number of days after this event well, yeah. and wasn't able to eat much. Yeah, that's not healthy. I mean, so how does this happen? I mean, because there are enough people. I mean, this isn't you know where you got four football coaches and they can't be in the locker room. I mean, there's assistant coaches and grad assistants everywhere. I mean. I mean, the strength coach there is synonymous. You've seen him, right? No matter what the temperature is, he's mm-hmm. on jacked. You know, he looks like he's a pro wrestler and that type of guy. I mean, those guys are, they know the players more than anyone. So it makes you kind of wonder, was he stopping the problem or was he a part of the problem? I'm just throwing him out there because he was, you know, the, the cameras would show him all the time, right? Yes. He's like a yes. cheer coach almost on the sidelines. Those are the type of people I think – to what the texture saying they're going to come under scrutiny here. I mean, how how much did you know was going on? Yeah, they're going to say this is not done. So I mean, no. there's going to be more coming out on this over time. But uh, it's interesting they uh, they quote uh, a spokesman. It was an email to the uh, uh, the school paper, the Daily. Um, a spokesman says that all incoming freshmen and undergraduate transfers, including student athletes, are required to complete the Hazing 101 Prevention True Northwestern Dialogue. And then uh, each sports program has biannual meetings with the athletics compliance staff and sports administration to discuss hazing and its impact on the student experience. Well, there you go. Does that make it worse? I, I, I yeah, the fact that well, there's, I imagine other schools have something. They have to have something. Well, you have to at this point, that. right? I mean, we're going. I mean, with everything that's been out there and the stuff that's happened, you know, students dying under these things. I mean, I just. Well, I mean, I know going to high school, you hear all these horror stories about some of the forced drinking and hazing that, you know, mm-hmm. some colleges around here would have. And yep. you're like, oh, my God. And I would never want to do anything like that. It's, you know, as much as I probably didn't behave myself, I'd never, I don't ever like to do so much where I'm going to get sick or have any threat of alcohol poisoning. And it's, it's something, if anything comes out of this, it's that, hey, we got to nip this in the bud again. We have to keep talking about this because 
stuff like this, it's it's so worthless too. I mean, it's, there's no team bonding and something like that to make someone feel uncomfortable. No, it's, I guess it, anything. It just it it's, it's almost like a caste system, you know. You're right. at the top, you know, the guys up at the top, and you're the it's you're the old pyramid scheme thing. Yeah, going you're on in here. the you're the pawns in the bottom, and yeah. you've got to try and work your way up. I thought we got out of the Kevin Bacon animal animal house thing, thing yeah. right? Uh, let's see here. There, more of this it says the player said that he saw some fellow players suffer uh, suffer mental consequences during and after the football season, and is quoted as saying, "I've had friends reach out to me in the middle of the night, having very suicidal tendencies." Oofta. So, um, I don't think they would make that up. I don't know. Um, well, I would hope not. I mean, I, I mean, that's something I don't think you make. I, it's got to be pretty extreme for you to make something like that up. I, yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that things like that will start to affect you. I mean, you know, I think we all been through our share of bullying. I probably going up, I regret some of the stuff I said to other kids. You know, I've, I've oh, been on too. both sides of it, me right? Too, so right, exactly. I think most of us listening have, and but this is pretty extreme. I don't think I ever put anyone through a, a thing where they were mentally. Yep going under so, for it more to come on this story it'll Oof be interesting stuff. to follow and uh if it, if indeed it is you know david braun to take over at least on the uh, interim basis good luck uh, honestly seriously though i think he is someone you know if if matt ence had ever left i thought he would have been a right ideal replacement i think he would he he just kind of had the fit and seemed like he would be um he would be head coaching material. Yeah. I guess we may, we may find out. It may not be the best of circumstances, but he's going to get his chance. And I hope it, you know, whether it be at Northwestern or somewhere else, it works out for him. So. That's not bad. I mean, you got sitting there now with three guys who are leading, you know, household name type of programs. You know, Wyoming. Mm, right. I mean, you, you certainly know from the unique color scheme to all that, what they have. And obviously, K-State, Chris Clements won the Big 12 last year. And yep. he, he's going to, a, a, you know, a, since the mid-90s, a pretty good uh, football program right now with Northwestern, so we'll see. It wasn't a good program last year, but wasn't too all. What 2019? They just won the Big Ten uh, West. So all right, uh, starting lineups of uh, for the All Star Game have been announced. We'll get to those wow. uh, later on. Um, we'll see, and uh, and I'm kind of wondering if uh, it, not a big thing, but I I'd like to see Sonny Gray get an inning as being it's his third time sure. there, and he's not uh, ever pitched one. Um, I don't know if Pablo Pablozzi went at Lopez pitch last. Yeah, I don't think I think he's going to yeah, watch probably, the game. Yeah, right? so or, or he might be scheduled to go. Maybe who knows? The, uh, he might be scheduled to go early in that um, in this uh, road trip coming up. But it'll be interesting to see on that. We'll go through the lineups and uh, much more. Um, Do you think that Matt that Ryan goes if it wasn't for the fact that Joe Ryan just just started? I mean, yeah, somebody brought that up to me because I because I when they announced Lopez. Uh, I thought, well, geez, Ryan. Ryan or, got jobbed. Ryan in that or Duran. Yeah, yeah, I thought. But but somebody pointed out to me on social media, says, oh, Ryan's pitching Sunday. So I'd probably threw him out of the equation. Yeah, unfortunately for him. But you I know, would like to see Then again, if he wanted four days off, you know, <laughs> right. well, a bad I, deal for him. He got it. So yeah, I, I was kind of wondering, too, for some of those guys. I mean, I've, they like the. I suppose with Pablo Lopez, it's his first time. Who knows how many times he's going to make it. Right. But for some of those guys, you go, ah, you know, it's nice and all, but. Can I can I punt on this? Oh, I think there's a lot of people go? like that for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, just, and I hope that the All Star Game doesn't become the Pro Bowl that way because the All Star Game still has some meaning for me anyway. But you know, I do think it's kind of unfortunately kind of becoming that a little bit. Yeah, I'm curious to see if, see watch uh, if you're gonna gonna watch some of it, none of it, all of it. I'm just uh, curious. You can text to three five two seven zero if you'd like, or give us a call two three seven. 3767 with more. We'll talk a little bit about that. Did you watch any of the home run derby? I did not catch much of it. You know, I was uh, driving home, flipping a little bit to 
between that and us you know, over on our sister station on the way back home yep. with my yep. forty minute drive. But uh, it's it's uh, you know, go, going to the you know the players in that, and you mentioned the starting lineups. We'll talk about a little bit later. I just wonder if the the star power is there from one to nine, like it used to be, right? I mean, because I could pretty much tell you what the starting lineup was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, back to nineteen ninety one when this game was going on. I don't know if I could do that as much anymore. And there's some, you know, people I guess because I think that baseball has become such a regional sport right now that yep. we care pretty much about the American League Central, and that's it around here, and we don't really know what's going on. I can when, I can I can tell you uh, the American League is a lot of Texas Rangers. Wow. A lot of Texas Rangers. A lot of Braves and Dodgers in the National League. Luis Arias hitting sixth tonight for the National League. Wow. So that might be something to keep an eye on. Interesting. Go back and look. And yeah, he's hitting um, hitting sixth behind Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. So. Yeah, well, not and, bad. Yeah, saw him and Pablo hugging. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they've kind of become. Yeah, they've kind of become friends yep. just because we'll all be connected in that. And uh, for a long time. Yep, at least for sure. Because I say Pablo's going to be a twin here for, for quite a while. And. Hopefully he's not connected like Bernatsky and her, well, where we don't we well, regret it forever. You I, know? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be that bad because no, no, I think I Pablo either. is uh, a good human being. Yes, for he one. has endeared himself. And uh, <laughs> Tommy Her, he will t- have more success. Tommy Her, who, uh, yes, who uh, screwed up, uh, you know, had had the Twins clubhouse believing the world was going to end in September of 1988. Yeah. So, 12:21, we'll take a break. <laughs> oh, that, that's uh, if you ever if you ever come across that story. Uh, if you want to look back and how what an odd, odd. Well, he didn't want to leave St. Louis anyway because no, he's from there. Well, right or no? He well, he'd been there a while. He was from Pennsylvania. I think that's why he ended up with the Phillies. They traded him to the Phillies. Uh, is one they wanted to get rid of him, and he was close to home. But yeah, if you want to open up that wound, I encourage you to read it. Twelve twenty-two. We'll visit with Dick Bramer next. Jack Michael show on the fan. And welcome to the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lions. We do this every Tuesday at this time. Derek Hanson, Brad Anderson with you this week, along with the television voice of the Twins, Dick Bramer. And, uh, Dick, a tough way to go in the All-Star break. Boy, the Twins really went out with a whimper getting swept by the Orioles. Yeah, well, uh, the Twins had, uh, you know, their big players-only meeting, closed-door meeting after being swept in Atlanta. And the hope was that, uh, you know, they'd be playing better baseball on the other end of that. And they did. Uh, win, what, five out of six or four out of five, something like that, and then ran into a really good team. The Orioles are good. They're not going away, and they couldn't score any runs again. So they're kind of back where they were. Unfortunately, in Atlanta, they got swept by a really good Atlanta team, and then going into the break, got swept by a really good Baltimore team. So the hope is that coming out of the break, and they've got a West Coast road trip. they got Oakland for three, Seattle for four. This team can use the break to try to figure out what's wrong and how to fix it you look at uh, and there has been you know been talk about you know do they need to make uh, personnel changes is it just the, the the guys in front have to play better and i think i you know the front office i i think if you look with some of the guys that are still playing in st paul and the saints are putting up big numbers that it's not there's enough personnel there between here and there to make this work well if you look at the guys who are really uh struggling and and responsible for where this team is at and it starts with Correa, but he's not going anyplace, right? He's got a long-term deal. Byron Buxton, I, I think we've talked about this. He's just a shell of the player uh, he could be if he were healthy. Uh, but then you look at the Max Keplers of the world. Christian Vasquez has been a disappointment offensively. He's signed to a multi-year deal. So you're looking for you know, either a correction, adjustments, 
that need to be made with you know some of the key players in the lineup, but we haven't seen that. And so you know you're hoping that things can get better, but we the fans really haven't gotten a whole lot of support for the notion that hey it's just a slow start we're going to be better in the second half. Maybe that's the case, but it's time for this team to start showing that they're a game below 500. They've been getting really good pitching for the most part, starting pitching in particular. So it's it's uh, mind-boggling that this team is where it is. Uh, said on the telecast on Sunday, uh, in my mind, this team should be roughly 10 games above 500, that there are at least five games that the Twins could easily have won if they'd had a more productive lineup. And so if you can turn five of those losses to five wins, well, there you are. You're 10 games above 500, and you'd have you know a 10-game lead over the Guardians. None of that is true. And we'll see whether they can get things figured out in the second half. Listening to Thad Levine yesterday on Inside Twins, uh, it was kind of interesting him talking about, yeah, they we let the players kind of do what they wanted here with the you know, pre- preparing or whatever. But it sounds like after this series, they're going to try to get back to doing what they did before. And I'm just trying to scratch my head saying, well, if the players are frustrated by the, the approach before, it got a little better. And then it got bad, and then we try to go back to – I mean, it, this could get, get, get a little heated, I think, in the clubhouse before it's all said and done. Well, I don't know that because uh, they have their hitters meetings, and uh, believe it or not, I'm not invited. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it, it, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration uh, in that clubhouse, in the coach's room, in the manager's office, because this is not—it wasn't supposed to be this way. This was supposed to be a lineup. The the ownership has invested pretty heavily uh, in uh, this lineup with the position players: Correa, Buxton, Vasquez, as we mentioned. Uh, so as you look at the week leading into the all-star break, I think one thing that really happened that was unfortunate, the one guy, uh, oddly the least experienced guy in the lineup who seemed to have things figured out is Royce Lewis and he got hurt. And I think that has really led this team, you know, uh, to go backwards going into the all-star break and he's not going to be you know, ready till August, I would guess. So they're going to have to find a way in July to try to get things figured out. If you're, if you have any pride at all and you're hitting 60 points below your career batting average, um, you know, you got to fix it. You got to figure out a way. If you want to listen to that guy and not that guy, whatever, but you got to fix it. You have to. It's your job as a professional athlete to perform better. And we'll see if they start doing that in the second half. There was a bright spot at the plate. Uh, Eddie Julian is, uh, you know, hitting with some extra base power as well. Now, defensively, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to work on there, but uh, at the, at the plate, uh, he has gradually improved uh, in this, uh, in this stint back up. Yeah. And I don't know where he would play now. Jorge Polanco will probably be the first of the injured players to return. And that will be a welcome uh, sight too, to see his name in the lineup. But when he plays, it'll be at second base. And so then what do you do with Julian? You you can't put him in the DH spot if, if Buxton's going to hit there on a daily basis. So, yeah, Julian has shown some encouraging signs that he's he's kind of got the right attitude at the plate. He'll pull the ball if he can pull it with authority. But, oh, by the way, he can hit it a long way to the opposite field, too. That's exactly what this Twins lineup needs. Uh, you know, the old attitude, you know, hit the ball where it's pitched, right? If it's, If they're pitching you away then don't try to pull it because you're not going to succeed doing that. But go ahead and hit it as hard as you can to the opposite field. There's a opposite field. There's a lot of extra base hits uh, to the opposite field uh, as well. So uh, it, it's a bit of an issue because 
Julian offensively has done well, but he has some issues defensively. And now pretty soon, Jorge Polanco is going to come back and play second base. Well, that certainly shall help because, you know, he's, he could be a spark plug much the way that Royce Lewis was, too. And I hate to put it all on one man, but there's been so much talk about Byron Buxton, obviously. And, you know, this experiment at DH, and you know, it's kind of screwed up the whole plan, hasn't it? Just the fact he hasn't been hitting well. He may not be comfortable with that role. He likes to be in the field, obviously, but his body just won't take it. But the fact that he is not a threat, you know, each and every at-bat at DH, that is a tough thing for this offense all the way around. Well, it's tough when you're an all-around a great ball player when healthy as Byron is, and now you're asked to only play half that role. And, you know, he's not the only one. Bryce Harper is hitting for a better average, but he hasn't generated a whole lot of power as the designated hitter uh, for the Phillies. And so pretty soon they're going to have him play at first base. So that problem with the Phillies will be solved. But there is no avenue for Buxton, apparently, to return to the field and play defensively. And then you run into situations like, uh, you know, they have with Julian. And one of the reasons they have no interest in Nelson Cruz right now, as good as he was in a Twins uniform, is Cruz is only a designated hitter. And the Twins have a full-time designated hitter right now in their former Platinum Glove center fielder. Pablo Lopez gets uh, a uh, All-Star Game bid. Found that out this weekend at a, a really impressive uh, showing against the Royals. And you know, the whole body of work maybe doesn't look impressive, but you kind of look at you know where he is. He's in the top ten in a number of uh, of categories. You've got him signed long term. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people look at Louis, what Luis Arise is doing and hitting uh, at a high level in Miami. But you know, over the long run, uh, to have to have him and to have Joe Ryan potentially long-term in this rotation could be uh, great in the long run. Well, I think what we saw in the first half on the plus side was a really solid starting rotation with Sonny Gray in there, too. Sonny Gray may end up starting the All-Star game tonight. I don't know yet. So, uh, But to have Gray and the guy we don't talk enough about is Bailey Ober. This rotation has been outstanding. Maeda has even been good since returning from the injured list. And uh, Maeda is a free agent. Sonny Gray is a free agent. What it looks like next year, um, you know, who knows, but that's way down the road on the list of concerns. Uh, but it was good to see Lopez uh, get into the all-star game his first uh, time as, a, as an all-star. And, uh, you know, the big key, I think, for whatever hopes the Twins have of getting back into first place and staying there and being a force in the postseason is going to depend on keeping that starting rotation healthy. Now, we might see Dallas Keuchel, uh, called up. I think he's got an opt-out. The Twins don't call him up by the end of July. So the Twins may see him or bring him up and give him some starts uh, and, and give the guys you know some extra days uh, in between starts to try to keep that core healthy. Because as we get into the second half now, you have to play to your strengths. And what we know about this year's Twins team is the strength has been its starting pitching, so they're going to do whatever they can to keep it healthy. Yeah, it would be a shame if they waste this, because I've been trying to think, you know, one through four, this is about as good as it gets, going back to 1991 when you had Erickson, Tappany, and Morris. I mean, I mean, I, that's a little bit of a stretch, I know, because it's probably the greatest Twins team ever, but man, I mean, just seeing these guys go out day in and day out and not get that run support, it's frustrating. Well, with so many games, and what was it, nearly half the games we said yesterday, half the games the Twins have scored three runs or less. And that's just not supposed to happen when you've got, you know, uh, Correa at short, 
Uh, you know, Vasquez was an offensive uh, producer for Boston and then Houston. Uh, Buxton is, you know, supposed to be better than he is. Kepler has continued his decline. Uh, so, yeah, it's frustrating, and maybe the reset button will finally be uh, pushed here during the All-Star break, and this team will produce runs the way that uh, the payroll would uh, suggest that it should. Yeah, you know, it's another guy, too, and such a nice kid. He was up here at the Twins Winter Caravan. The fact that Jose Miranda has been a disappointment, you know, this sophomore slump, that's really a shame because I think a lot of what they were doing in this lineup was based around him, too. Hopefully he can get it back together. The only encouraging thing is he's not striking out. He's got, I think, the lowest strikeout percentage on the team, so that stands out. The Twins are you know, still on a pace to shatter the major league record for team strikeouts in a season. But Miranda's putting the ball in play, but he's not making solid contact. And that's, you know, ground ball to second is pretty much the same thing as a strikeout. So that's that's kind of where he's at right now. And he didn't really do much before he got sent down. And he, I don't think he has a hit. Well, he got one uh, Sunday afternoon beating out an infield hit. Uh, but he's just not driving the ball like he did last year. So, again, I, I, I don't know whether it's the message, the messengers, or what it is. But we've had so many players position players regress this year. Uh, they need to figure out what the cause of that is and fix it. Jorge Lopez back after uh, his uh, stint, I guess, on the uh, the mental health uh, list. And, and it seems like the plan is to kind of slowly ease him back uh, back into the rotation. We've kind of seen him finish some games a little bit, but uh, uh, that, could be, uh, that could be a key piece of that bullpen if he can uh, kind of slowly turn it around here. Yeah, a couple of outings uh, since uh, coming off the mental health list, and uh, you know, it's, the stuff is still there, right? 97, 98 miles per hour, a fastball with some sink to it, and uh, you know, he he was awfully good in April, and then things started to you know deteriorate for him in May and into June. So we'll see uh, if the Twins are going to get the good starting pitching that they've gotten. And if the lineup is more productive, then, yeah, you're going to need the bullpen to be a little more efficient than it was in the first half as well. As you mentioned, the Twins go to Oakland this weekend and kick things off on this West Coast swing and then face Seattle. Of course, the All-Star game in Seattle. It's kind of a – I look at this, too, as you know a ballpark that was way ahead of its time and Seattle still serving its purpose there with the retractable roof. And then the sad state of affairs in Oakland, I I go back, I'm sure you do, too, with the late 80s, early 90s rivalry in the Western Division with the Twins and the A's. It's just a a sad state of uh, two different organizations, and the Twins certainly got to make hay against the A's. Yeah, and uh, it's you know they're like uh, the Tigers and even the Royals too. It depends on when you play these teams. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the A's were the hottest team in baseball. You know they ran off what six out of seven or whatever it was. Uh, nobody and they were playing some pretty good teams and beating them. So there's nothing to be taken for granted. And hey, you know what position does anybody uh, with the uh, Twins uh, staff right now that'll be going to Oakland? You know, who were they to look down their noses at anybody? They had a very disappointing uh, first half, and they need to play better. And you've got an opportunity against an inferior team, but you still have to have good at-bats. You still have to make uh, good pitches when you need to and look like what you were for most of the first half, and that is a first-place ball club. Interesting with Seattle, too. That was a playoff team a year ago, and they've kind of, in some ways, kind of fighting the same fight the Twins are. Absolutely. It's, it's, I've watched a lot of the Seattle games because I like to watch West Coast games when I'm done with a, a night game. And, yeah, they've run into a lot of the same 
issues that the Twins have uh, offensively. They've got a really good pitching staff, like the Twins have, but they've had some disappointing years from guys they were counting on, too. So that'll be an interesting series uh, with four games there, and we'll see what kind of shape the Twins are in after they play uh, the A's uh, for three games in Oakland. Unlike the National Football League, where if you watch a lot of college football, you can kind of know who the you know the Vikings pick or whatever. The draft was you know started on Sunday, and the Twins select a Walker Jenkins. When they said he was a high schooler, and I saw a picture of him, I said, "Really? <laughs> he is a yep. young man. That's quite a an outfielder. Who knows where the uh, Twins are actually see him? But uh, quite a sight. A kid from uh, Brunswick, North Carolina. He certainly looks like uh, a, a young man. What what seventeen, eighteen years old? Holy cow!" Yeah, and rave reviews about his makeup, you know, what he's like off the field and uh, based on the descriptions. And I've never seen the man play. I've never met the young man at all. But it kind of you know, makes you sound or uh, they have made him sound like, uh, uh, you know, a young Royce Lewis coming out of high school. So if that's the case, it's going to be a pretty good pick for the Twins. You look at the All-Star game, as you mentioned it, and I, I think you and I talk about this almost every year, Dick, that's the fact that, I love everything around it. I, I, I know that it, you know for a while there we had a mean home field advantage in the World Series, which was you know probably a little bit of a stretch too far after the tie game we had in Milwaukee many years ago. But uh, for me, still the lineups and seeing the players announce that whole thing, I just love the pageantry of it all. It's the best all-star game in sports without question. Yeah, I still enjoy watching the game. And this year there's something uh, that uh, might probably won't happen, but it could. We might be able to see uh, Pablo Lopez pitch against Luis Arise in the All Star game, <laughs> and that'd be fun with uh, the the trade that involved those two players. So yeah, I, I don't, you know, it's it's not played with the intensity that it used to be, where there was genuine dislike for the other league, you know, in the National League for most of my uh, childhood and adolescence, the National League dominated the American League. And now it's been kind of the other way around. And so there's not the rivalry between the two leagues that there used to be. But I still enjoy it. I still think the players take it pretty seriously. Uh, every once in a while you have a situation like Randy Johnson pitching to John Crock and throwing <laughs> it to the backstop, um, a nice uh, moment of levity. But I, I think the players, if Sonny Gray – and Pablo Lopez pitching it, they're going to try to get the batters out. It, it's a it's a real deal. It's not like you know the uh, Pro Bowl was in football, where you know if somebody got tackled, uh, it was a it was a miracle. It seemed like so. Uh, it's as far as I know the you know the confrontations, the matchups between the pitchers and the hitters still matter, and everybody wants to put on a good show. So I'll uh, I'll be watching again this year. Well, it should be a nice setting in Seattle, too. I, I'm kind of regretting not going to this one because I've heard nothing. I know you've talked about that uh, ballpark, too. They, of all the retractable roof ballparks, that seems to be kind of the best one. Well, and the last time they had the All-Star game there in 2001, uh, my family and I went out there to uh, watch it, in part because of the ballpark. It's a fantastic ballpark, and uh, so that'll add to, to the charm. Uh, the Mariners aren't as good as they were in 2001. That was the year that they set the record for wins in a season, and they had eight All Stars. So they don't have that, but they, uh, you know, uh, the the fans will be there, and it's it's good too because you know there'll be mainly Seattle fans there. You know, there'll be a lot of people from around the country there, but the the bulk of the fans will be from the Seattle fan base, and so they'll uh, get a chance to cheer. Uh, when uh, their players are uh, are out there on the field. So a couple more days off, you get some fishing and golfing in, I hope? 
Yeah, some golfing for sure. I don't know about fishing, uh, boating for sure. Uh, just going to take it easy and the hopes that uh, what we will see in the second half uh, of the year will be a lot more fun and enjoyable to watch than uh, uh, all the strikeouts we saw in the first half. All right, very good. Well, enjoy your time off, and uh, I guess when we talk to you next time, it'll be in Seattle. We'll be out on the West Coast, and uh, we'll uh, see where the Twins are at. Hopefully it'll be a, a good start to the second half of the season. You bet. The Twins wrap with Dick Bramer each and every Tuesday at this time. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson with you. And, we'll, again, it's brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Body wants told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the Welcome shed. back to Jack Michael's show. Derek Hanson, Brad Anderson with you. In for Jack, who's on the road again, heading to Lincoln, Nebraska, as the Lincoln Salt Dogs will be hosting the FR Red Hawks tonight. You mentioned it. I mean, our two favorite baseball teams have been struggling as of late, and so really the Red Hawks can't waste much time here either. No, that's for sure. Uh, a couple of texts uh, from our conversation with uh, Dick Bramer. Uh, Danny Coulomb and Yanir Cano pitching for Orioles. Um, Cano and Rooker. Uh, Brent Rooker from uh, Oakland All-Stars management sucks. In the defense of, of the Twins and Yanir Cano, nobody saw this coming. Because, I mean, he, he after they traded him in the Jorge Lopez deal, he wouldn't get anybody out with them either. Right. So. Yeah, it's, well. <laughs> he, he's just, they he just, I don't know if he figured it out or if they helped him along, but, yeah, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball. Coolum, I wish they had back. I thought they gave up on him. Way too soon. Very, yeah, and especially what happened to Caleb Thielbar, and of course with hindsight, but he he would have helped them uh, as a lefty. I think he's a long guy or even as a short reliever as well. Brent Rooker is Brent Rooker is a good story. I just didn't think he ever really got a full shot with the Twins, and you know he's the best of a bad lot in Oakland. Right well, now. and the thing is, too, is that the Twins – had a flush of outfielders at the time too, right? Right. So, I mean, so and, well, and, they still do. Yeah, and that's the thing. And there's this log jam in right field because they still have him signed, mm-hmm. you know. And he's turned out to just ever since the first pitch in the the uh, COVID shortened season in 2020, he hasn't been very good. And we're talking about Max Kepler here. Yes, and and, and he was part of the Bomba squad. There's no doubt about that. But he has struggled since, and he's not acting his approach and. Nope. I mean, I, I kind of walking off interviews and people ask him about it. I mean, he's just – I just think it's time that they have to look at where they're going to go. I mean, this outfield situation is very much in flux when it looked like it was the future of the team for a while. Yeah, and uh, – well, and, and Gallo, that that was a one-year experiment that could be done anytime. Well, it looked like a good month experiment. And yeah. It, it's, uh, April was good. He went back to being Joey Gallo. Yeah. So. Here's the starting lineup tonight for the uh, for the All Star Game. The American League, as we mentioned, there's uh, five players from the Texas Rangers in the uh, starting lineup. Marcus Simeon leading off at second base. They gave him a lot of money, and he has come through this year. Otani is hitting second. That will, I think, will um, that will perk up some people's interest. I yes, think. pencil that in for a while. Yeah. Randy Rosarena, who I love to watch play, yep. um, is a f- fun five tool guy playing in. In Tampa Bay for that, a great team, but a not a real marketable team. He's uh, he's hitting third. Corey Seager, another guy the Rangers threw a lot of money at, is hitting fourth. Uh, Yandy Diaz of uh, Tampa Bay is hitting fifth. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers hitting sixth. Austin Hayes, fun center fielder to watch from the Orioles, is hitting seventh. Josh Young, I think is how you say that, third baseman for the Rangers hitting ninth. And Jonah Heim, the catcher of the Rangers, uh, is hitting ninth. 
Mitch Garver has not played a lot, and I think he DHs some for the yeah. Rangers. Well, it might be a good role for him, too, because mm-hmm. he's, he must face it, he's one of those catchers who is okay, but he was known for timely at bats, certainly don't with t- the 2019 class. Yes, I, I, that was, that was, I wasn't terribly sad to see him go. National League lineup, uh, this, is a, this is at least the first three guys fun to watch. Ronald Acuna Jr. leading yep. off from the Braves. Freddie Freeman hitting second. Mookie Betts hitting third. J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers is DHing and hitting cleanup. Then it's Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals at third. Our, uh, our guy, Luis Arai, is hitting sixth for the Marlins this evening and the National League. Sean Murphy of the Braves, a catcher hitting seventh. Corbin Carroll, a nice player for uh, Arizona, uh, is in left hitting eighth. And Orlando Arcia, uh, shortstop of the Braves, is hitting ninth. Oswaldo's brother. Yes. Remember so, Oswaldo? Yes, I do. Yeah. So the... Interesting names there. Like I said, a few of those household names, some of those kind of new to the scene here a little bit. But do you think Luis Arise is kind of becoming more of a household name? You know, we obviously follow him here because he's mm-hmm. a former twin, and that trade has been talked about at nauseum, and I'm guilty of it. But uh, I think, you know, when you're hovering around that 400 mark, I think by the end of the year they may look at that. MLB Network is certainly trying because yeah. they, they, when they kind of put the scroll on the bottom and they kind of had the Luis Arise tracker there, and it kind of – they maybe let up a little bit on that one. He was closer to 400. They uh, they were uh, making sure that you knew about it, right. which is good. I mean, they're, that's how you promote your product, which is something baseball doesn't do particularly well. well. No, that's a, that's another story for another. Time. So, so did we? Uh, did, I, did I miss the? Did you say the pitchers that are? Uh, it's Garrett Cole for the uh, uh, for the American League. Heard of him? Yeah, yeah. he ain't bad. <laughs> and then uh, Zach Gallon of Arizona. Oh, interesting. Yes. And he's been very good, eleven and three ERA, a little over three. Um, so yeah, it's and that's that's another team too. Is been quiet, you know, quietly good all year in, in a very good division too, yeah. where the Padres have kind of underachieved and the Giants have really come on come along after. Kind of that's a team you wonder how they're doing it, and the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, but yeah, that's been a. I don't know if that, like I say, you have to follow baseball really closely, but that's been a nice surprise. Um, you know, the Reds have been really good here the last month, but Arizona's been pretty steady all year. Yeah, Arizona's such a weird sports market, isn't it? Because it's such an NBA town, and it has been. Well, it's, it's, a tran- so- it's kind of a transient market. Yeah, and they have so many, you know, like, like you know, what kind of what Southern California has been over the years, why the NFL didn't suffer when they didn't have L.A. teams, you know, but now they stole San Diego's team and brought the Rams back and, you know, still thriving there. But it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, but I think for the people who live there, it's kind of like the Coyotes for a while there were kind of what the Lightning had with people who said, you know what, I'm kind of into this hockey team now. I like my old hockey team, but I like this team. It's just that everything that happened with management out there and that arena just mm-hmm. fell apart. And the Diamondbacks, you know, they win a World Series and they've just been kind of hovering around the Mendoza line since, right? It's 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 a weird thing yeah. with them. Yeah, and, it's, and especially I think in that, division you've got the Dodgers there right. and you know the the Giants will kind of go from being good to not good and then kind of be you know being there again and San Diego's tried they've thrown a lot of money at it with some success but not uh not a world title or anything and you know Colorado's kind of a lost franchise and what that uh you know boy isn't that the truth and that should be a market that you would think would be a little bit better but they have really um, that's just a place been, to go look at the ballpark and mountains right yeah, now. And I have guess a good time. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, it's pretty nondescript. It's been that way that for goes. a while, unfortunately. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, probably since the uh, the the uh, Coors Field bombers there going back, but that's been a long time. So. 
It is interesting that, you know, Cincinnati just a little bit over 500 and they're, you know, everyone's talking about them right now in the National League Central. The Central's not very good clubs, but they're a team that everyone's kind of fall in love with because they've been so bad for such a long time where the Twins, you know, you know, just a little bit below 500. Everyone's frustrated with them. You know, right. It's kind of funny how you look at it from a different perspective where you're at, but people are kind of making it. And I'll, I'm going blank on the young kid who got called up who everyone's talking about the rookie for Cincinnati right now. Yeah. He, you know, he's certainly becoming uh, someone everyone's talking about. So that could be a good name. De La to, Cruz. Yeah. yeah, De La Cruz could be a guy that they could market more down the road. That certainly would be fun to see, but... You know, you mentioned uh, Texas, all the All-Stars they have tonight. It would be fun to see kind of a West uh, Division race with the two teams for Texas because they've been trying to develop that rivalry for a while since yes. Houston jumped from the National League to the uh, American League. That certainly could come to fruition here coming up this year. Yeah, and it looks like it could be a two-horse race. I still would not give up <clears throat> on the Mariners and, I, that, and kind of – I'm kind, of like, talent, yeah. I'm kind of like Dick. I guess say sometimes if they're on late at night you know, on MLB Network or something that I will – I will watch them too. And you kind of, and they were, you know, kind of fun to watch last year. He made the playoffs, and um, they've kind of fought the same same battle that the Twins have, and the Angels without drought, and and that's going to be that's going to be a tough road. I wonder if they that might be a, that might be a team that sells more than buys at this uh, when we get closer to the deadline. So, so you know, it's two and a half weeks from now. Uh, Viking tra- training, training camp. camp. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I heard him talking but, about it. It just that just seems icky in a way. I yeah. I don't want it to happen yet. I don't. No, I don't either. Uh, I, that's that's for sure. So uh, you're talking about high school football schedules. We got to get together. We I I can't wait, but I I can wait. And so it's it is the most uh, tug of war emotion I have is the start <laughs> of football season. I yeah. don't want summer to end, but man, I can't wait yeah, for football. North Dakota starts playing games August 18th. Yeah, that's a whole different. Eric Johnson and I were talking about that yesterday. I was filling in for Tyler Axon. Yes. Today. I, I, you know my feelings on it, man. You, you guys can play two football games before you start school. You, you don't need to. That Friday before Labor Day is fine. It works for us. Guys. It does. And uh, you're, yeah. so your guys, I was looking at the, uh, let's say, your, uh, your, your team. Oh, yeah, it's good. DGF to, to start off. on uh, September. Frig, I said, I know DGF's losing a lot, but yeah, that's still lost, a good program. We lost some great talent. They are losing. <laughs> I mean, that, that class of 23 for them was very, very good. So we'll, we'll yep. see how it goes. Not just, yeah. we, we've yep. had some epic matchups with the yep. class 3A uh, and 2A. It's, it's pretty good. Yep. So. And I say that uh, that class of DGF, not just football, but what they did basketball, yes. even baseball, too. They did a lot of good things, that's for sure. So, Jack, we'll be back uh, tomorrow as uh, we will uh, have more of the Jack Michael Show coming up here and uh, Wednesday and Thursday as well. And uh, I think we've got a guest, special guest lined up here. It sounds like for Thursday, more to come on that. Nice. But uh, a uh, NDSU professor, health and sciences, exercise health, has uh, wrote a book. We'll uh, hopefully, hoping to catch up with him sometime either Thursday or Friday. Just trying to finalize that here before we uh, let you know. For Derek Hansen, I'm Brad Anderson. Commons next. Have a great Tuesday.